Thanks for listening to the Woodward Podcast Network. Check out more shows by searching for us on Spreaker or wherever you catch your podcasts. The Woodward Podcast Network with Krupka Dental Associates. Hello, this is Dr. John Krupka from Krupka Dental. We now have the Saleo Laser. You can have your fillings done without needles nor drills. We are a full-service dental office and always accepting new patients. To learn more about me and my friendly team, visit KrupkaDental.com. Good morning and welcome in to another day, another show. It's Focus Fox Valley. I'm Haley Tenpass. I'm so glad you are here. We're bringing you fun. We're bringing you community. We're bringing you conversations that are all about emphasizing the people and organizations that help make the Fox Valley thrive. I am broadcasting today from the Myron Construction Studio and this first hour of the show brought to you by our friends at Sturdivant and Associates. You'll find them at 500 North Commercial Street or the old train station building in Nina. Give Carl or Eric a call if you have questions about Medicare, financial planning, or turning 65. Maybe you need advice about Medicare. Medicare. That advice is always free. Give them a call 920-969-1956. Like I said, broadcasting today from the Myron Construction Studios, we've got a very full show today and uh, we've got the Brewers cutting in on us just a little bit. Uh, 1235, that Brewers pregame starting as uh, they got rained out last night. So a double header of Brewers action here today on WHBY. And we've got rain falling outside the Myron Construction Studios as well. Hope that you are are staying dry out there. Let's talk further, though. Let's bring in some of those community conversations. And it's a fun one to start off this first hour of the show because they are gearing up to welcome you back to the Fox City's Performing Arts Center. So I'm excited to welcome to the show first here on our Settlers Bank phone lines, Maria Van Lannan, the president and CEO of the Fox City's PAC. Good morning, Maria. Welcome back to Focus Fox Valley. Good morning, Haley. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. I hope that you are staying uh, staying dry in this gloomy and cold <laughs> summer day. <laughs> you know, I am. And what's really exciting is I am staying dry here in my office at the Fox Cities Performing Arts Center. We just started bringing staff back into the building yesterday. So it's great to be here, even though it's rainy and miserable outside. Oh, yeah, Maria, I'm so glad to hear that. Isn't it kind of a funny feeling, though, to be walking the halls uh, <laughs> of a workplace? It is. And I think even funnier is just that whole, like, you have to recalculate how long it takes to actually get fully dressed <laughs> and drive in your car and pack a lunch, all of these things that we haven't had to think about for a while. But I'm very happy to have those things top of mind again. Oh, I'm so I'm so glad to hear that. And it, it kind of goes along with the fact that you really are gearing up to welcome all of us back to the PAC this fall. A lot of exciting things to talk about today, Maria. I kind of want to start with how, how you are feeling moving into the fall. We are closer than we think to those shows returning and those events returning at the PAC. Um, How have things been going in preparation so far? 
Well, like you said, it is very exciting, a little bit of nerve-wracking as you hear, you know, the variants emerging and mm. vaccinations slowing down. So I'm hoping that everybody continues to recognize the important role they play in our ability to reopen and welcome full audiences back for these incredible touring and local live events. But it's, it's really exciting, like I said, bringing the staff back. We're working right now to get the building back in line to put in place all of the health and safety protocols so that when we do open our doors, audiences will feel comfortable and safe and have those same great service experiences that they're used to. I love to hear that. I'm sure I'm sure it, it will be just so exciting to get back into the building eventually. And I know that one thing that was just announced late last week, Maria, uh, some really big news late last week that I think will really help in, in reopening those doors. If our listeners aren't aware, the PAC received some major financial support in the form of a shuttered venue operators grant, about $1.3 million. Is that correct, Maria? That's correct, yes. And I think what's interesting is people may not always recognize, even though we had to close the doors of the Fox Cities Performing Arts Center and make some very quick, very difficult choices to reduce our budget substantially by more than $2.5 million, we worked hard to make sure that we could continue to deliver our mission virtually, especially to our schools and to the community at large. So because of that delivery of those virtual experiences and, of course, making sure that we were maintaining the building so that it was in good shape when we were able to reopen, um, funding sources like this are so vital to our ability to get back to delivering those great programs and being the community's gathering place. Yeah. Maria, could you maybe expand on this just a bit further? Because while this is a huge sum of money, it's still not quite. Uh, what is still needed to really address some of those financial impacts that you faced in the past 16 months. Right. And I think what's important, um, you are correct, what's important is for people to understand, again, we did reduce expenses very quickly to try to limit the loss that the organization faced, but we also lost 100% of our earned revenue opportunities since we couldn't have those events here in our building. So that created quite a substantial gap. And we do have a financial recovery plan that is in place, and that includes a lot of moving pieces. We're very grateful that the community has continued to stay by our side, recognizing the important role that the arts and the Performing Arts Center play, of course, in our quality of life and really the overall economic recovery for our communities. So we had a lot of businesses and individuals contribute even during this pandemic time period. And then we also were able to secure several grants and other other funding resources that were made available to help businesses struggling during the pandemic. Yeah. And I know, Maria, one thing that we've talked about before, you know, these funds are so needed. Um, and as these shows come back, it's not an instantaneous flip of a switch and, oh, the shows are back. Uh, we can start having them back in the in the building again. It takes so much time and work and preparation and uh, and practice, too, for these performing groups going through uh, to get things back up and rolling again. That's right. And you're right. It's a very long process. We figure that for touring Broadway shows, I've been working with the touring Broadway industry 
since the pandemic first shut all our doors and stopped all the tours in their tracks, we've been working with producers and the arts, the arts groups and the unions representing all of the different segments of our business to find that safe way that we can come back together indoors at full capacity. And it, they figure that it takes six to eight months to restart a tour when you talk about assessing what talent is still there. You have to have auditions. You need to have rehearsals again. You need to, you know, make sure that all of the sets and costumes and everything, they still fit and yeah. everything's still working. So it takes quite a bit on the production side. And then on the venue side, there's a lot of work that we need to do as well to make sure that our air filtration systems are working as they should so that we're moving the air as recommended by the CDC, that we have, you know, even things like all the hand sanitizing stations in the right places. And so there is a lot that needs to happen behind the scenes before we're fully ready to welcome those audiences back into the building and to have shows to put on the stage to welcome them to experience. So the good news is that it's all working in concert and we're moving ahead and we're really looking forward to this fall when we can make all of those things come to life again. Yeah, we are all so eager for for fall and for those shows. And I think very appreciative, Maria, of I think the, the pillar that the PAC has been in our community during the past 15, 16 months. And I know that I have certainly enjoyed the virtual programs that you have provided. I, I believe you hosted your final uh, Facebook, The Show Must Go On, this week. So that's, you know, the chapter closing in that book. And we are, again, just very much looking forward to the fall. Yeah, you know, it's funny, The Show Must Go On show specifically, we began that at a point in time when we still thought the pandemic was only going to cause us mm. to delay things for a couple months. And yeah. we had no idea that we would be doing it. I think we ended up um, somewhere, I think, 57 issues or, or episodes or something like that. Um, but we're really excited because we did learn a lot. And even though we are in the business of doing live in-person experiences, I think that there is an opportunity to stay connected in between those moments and provide some exciting behind-the-scenes stories through those virtual opportunities. So although the Show Must Go On show is going away, we're looking at still using that idea and creating some other fun, exciting behind-the-scenes virtual content that will be available into the future. Yeah, we've really learned a lot, and I love some of the voices you've been able to bring to us virtually. We might not have had an opportunity to hear from them in, in other circumstances, so some definitely some, some, some highlights that have come from, from some of these dark times as well. We are talking with Maria Van Lannan, President and CEO of the Fox Cities Performing Arts Center today, and we had to take a break, but one when we come back, we have so much local talent in the form of our high schoolers and the National High School Musical Theater Awards, the Jimmy Awards. They are coming up in, in about a week. And we'll talk with Maria about some of the local nominees in the Jimmy Awards. Those are coming up next here on WHBY. We are back and we're catching up today with the Fox Cities Performing Arts Center. Maria Van Lannan, president and CEO, is my guest. And before we wrap things up, I have to ask Maria about the upcoming Jimmy Awards, July 15th, the National High School Musical Theater Awards. And some of our local uh, talent and local performing arts students here uh, will are, have been nominated. Is that correct, uh, Maria? 
That's right. Now, and we talk about we were talking earlier about the virtual programs that we were able yeah. to deliver this past year, and one of those was our fifth anniversary of the Center Stage High School Musical Theater Program. And this is something that we deliver in partnership with high schools throughout Northeast Wisconsin. This year, even though we had the pandemic and all of our schools were learning and dealing with their different learning platforms and environments, we had 24 high schools from throughout Northeast Wisconsin partner with us. We were able to deliver to their students virtual workshops from choreography to acting and voice so many great workshops, and the culmination of that program was a virtual showcase of the programs and the work of these students during the school year, at which time we selected two students to represent us at the National High School Musical Theater pro, uh, Program, which is known as the Jimmy Awards. And so they were able to participate in virtual workshops and learning this year. The last week and a half they were doing all of that, and the National High School Musical Theater Showcase will air, as you said, online on July 15th. We are so looking forward to cheering on our students and seeing the talent that uh, that is just so prevalent across the country. Oh, I just love this program so much. And of course, the Center Stage High School Musical Theater Program really, again, just highlights the incredible talent we have here in Northeast Wisconsin. And if you think about it, 24 schools, Maria, that's that's so wonderful that these, you know, these schools put emphasis on musical theater programs and music programs and to have these students highlighted locally and then two of them not uh highlighted nationally it's just it just uh, really I think represents the talent we have here in northeast Wisconsin so true and it gets back to that conversation that we were having early on we are so fortunate here in our area Mm -hmm. to still have schools that make arts part of the curriculum and that support the arts programs so strongly because we know well-rounded students who are engaged in arts through their learning they become more creative problem solvers more engaged in their communities that they call home. And it's just such an important factor as we look at how we also attract and retain talent here in Northeast Wisconsin. So it's great to celebrate our students. I can't wait to cheer them on. We've got Lauren Meyer and Mickey Wirtz who will be performing on stage. And then we actually have a local student, Lindsay Sequist, who is serving as a student ambassador. So she's been learning a lot of behind-the-scenes marketing, social media skills, and telling the story of the experience throughout the year and with the national program as well. So great learning experiences for all involved. All right. Well, good luck to Lauren and and Mickey and and to Lindsay as well. And thanks for representing Northeast Wisconsin so well. Uh, And, yeah, the Jimmy Awards, July 15th, you can watch online. We'll make sure to link that on our website um, uh, today, Maria. But can you also just share with us really quickly, I know that you are still offering ticket opportunities for the upcoming season. Remind us again how we can take advantage of those. Yes, the best way to find out about all of these programs is by going to our website, which is foxcitiespac.com, and you can find out about the events that are coming up here at the Fox Cities Performing Arts Center, and to find out about the Center Stage Program, the National High School Musical Theater Awards, and how you can tune in, you can also follow our social media channels on Facebook, Instagram, and we'll be posting information there as well.
Well, Maria, it's always a pleasure to have you on. I love talking about the arts with you and with everyone at the PAC. So we will check in with you next month. And thank you again for taking a few moments to highlight the arts here with us on Focus Fox Valley. Wonderful. Great to talk with you. And I'll look forward to talking again soon. Thanks, Maria. All right. Thank you. Maria Van Lannen, president and CEO of the Fox Cities Performing Arts Center, my guest in this first half hour of Focus Fox Valley. Still to come, we're talking with Volunteer Fox Cities. That's next. Once again, welcome back to Focus Fox Valley. We're connecting you to volunteering opportunities here in Northeast Wisconsin. And we are excited to welcome in Brad Creighton today, the Community Engagement and Events Coordinator with Volunteer Fox Cities. Good morning, Brad. Welcome to Focus Fox Valley. Good morning, Haley. It's great to talk to you. Yes, How thank are you today? I'm doing good, and I really appreciate you adjusting on the fly. Brad was scheduled to be with us in our noon hour, but because the brewers have moved in, we were able to move a little bit further back uh, in the time slot. So thank you for being flexible with us today, Brad. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, we love getting the chance to talk to you and all your listeners about the great volunteer opportunities going on. So whatever we can do, we're happy to do it. Well, I'm excited to talk a little bit further today and dig a little deeper into maybe some misconceptions and uh, maybe some myths and facts when it comes to volunteering. And this kind of stemmed from some conversations that you've been having with other volunteer organizations in the state, correct? Yeah, so, you know, we've had a lot of time during the pandemic year to really kind of discuss the culture of volunteering. And I know in some of our previous segments, you, you've gotten into some of those topics. But uh, some of these conversations we had with other volunteer centers around the state really had to do with some of the barriers that might keep people from getting into volunteering. Uh, maybe um, they've thought about volunteering, but something was just sticking in their mind and and we want to try and break through some of those barriers and address some of those myths, hopefully. Yeah, I, and I think this is a really great call here, Brad, because I think there are a lot of uh, barriers that maybe pop up in our minds and we think, oh, I maybe I don't have time to, to dedicate to that or I'm not qualified or I don't have the skill sets. Uh, but these are, are things that can usually be, be worked at and you probably are likely to able to find a, an opportunity that fits you better than you think. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and that's one of the things you mentioned was really sticks out. You know, there's a big myth that says to volunteer that you just have to have a lot of free time. Uh, and there are some volunteer opportunities out there that do take a bit of a time commitment. But the real fact is that no matter what amount of time you have to volunteer, there's going to be an opportunity that you can find. So if it's you have five minutes here, five minutes there uh, to do something, great, we can find an opportunity for that. Or maybe you are a person who has a couple hours a, a week or a month that you can give. That's perfect, too. There's opportunities that way. You know, kind of thinking about it, if you're one of those folks that wants to do something and you only have a couple minutes here or there, you know, you can think about making cards or, or blankets for our area hospitals, you know, St. Elizabeth's and uh, Ascension Mercy down in Oshkosh. They are always taking little cards that they can put on the trays that mm. they take to patient rooms, you know, encouraging, uplifting things. And that's something you can do at any time whenever you have a moment. Um, if you have a little bit more time, you know, maybe you've got a day or something, 
I always encourage people to look at events. We've got some great opportunities with the uh, Bike the Beat event. Uh, the Appleton Airport needs tons of help with uh, EAA AirVenture coming up. Um, so these are great kind of one-time, one-day events that, that you can look into, you know, giving some time to. Or if you do have some of that uh, longer time commitment that you can give. There's always people like uh, the Boys and Girls Clubs looking for, for bigs. They've got a wait list right now um, with, their, with their kiddos, and they can always use people. Or um, I know all the area sports teams look, look for coaches. Um, out of Gamey County, volunteer services look, is looking for people to help with supervised visits volunteers. So lots of great opportunities no matter what time you have to give. Mm. Great points, Brad. And I think two things that stick out to me with, with this topic is, you know, first of all, if you're with, with events, if you're planning on attending something, maybe see if you can work in a volunteer shift while you are attending the event. Maybe volunteer a couple hours earlier and then enjoy the rest of the event or maybe you go to the event first and, and volunteer, you know, at the tail end. People need need help and, and they're usually willing to work with you. And I think the second tip I would I would provide to Brad, and maybe you can weigh in on this, but be pretty honest up front as well with what your commitment level is and what your availability is. And again, I think most organizations are willing to work with you, but you just need to be honest with them and say, hey, I only have an hour a week. Can you fit me in? And, and, and you might be surprised that they can. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, especially, you know, going back to what you said about events, sometimes you want to go and enjoy the event, but you want to help too. Most places need help prior to the event. Yeah. So, you know, if you want to be a part of it, give, give them a call or shoot them an email and say, hey, I want to help out with this beforehand or afterwards. What can I do? Um, and in terms, yeah, of being honest, you know, let's say you hear about something, but you just don't want to fully commit to that time commitment. You're exactly right. If there's a cause or something that, that you want to get involved in or something you want to do, reach out to them and say, I only have this much time or I want to get a taste of it. What can I do? And whether it's something they have publicized as an opportunity to plug you into or they will work with you to find the right fit uh, because really that's what we're going for here. Uh, when you volunteer and you find the right fit, that's going to be not only beneficial, beneficial for the organization you're volunteering with, but it's got great health benefits and uh, everything for you as well. You are going to really feel like you're doing something good. We are talking with Brad Creighton today, Community Engagement and Events with Volunteer Fox Cities. We have a few more myths to bust, so stick around. We're going to bust those, and we're also going to share a volunteer opportunity or two that is free right now. So stick with us more with Volunteer Fox Cities after this. We are back in just a couple minutes left here with Brad Creighton, Community Engagement and Events with Volunteer Fox Cities. We are busting some myths when it comes to volunteering. And Brad, another myth out there is that you have to be a certain age to volunteer. That's right. You know, there's a, there's a, a misconception that says that places are really only looking for folks who are, you know, 18 and older or, or whatnot. But the truth is there are volunteer opportunities for all ages. Now, if you have some younger members of your family, you might have to get a little creative, but, but there's definitely ideas for that. You know, one of the easiest things we can do is really look for random acts of kindness that you can do. And, and a lot of people don't think about this as volunteering, but it really is. 
you know, maybe you're holding open doors or, or you see someone who just needs an ear to listen to. You know, we can all listen at any age mm-hmm. uh, to anybody or, or help out in any way possible. Um, then we've got some great organizations like um, the Salvation Army. You know, they've adopted City Park in Appleton, and they do monthly cleanups where people of all ages are, are welcome to do that. Uh, the next one's coming up on July 17th, so really soon for that one. Um, and then we also encourage, you know, as a uh, learn a new skill. Uh, you know, at any age you can learn a new skill. Uh, in the, for example, knitting or, or crafting or, or um, scrapbooking or something like that. And then find a way that you can use that skill to give back to the community as well. Some great tips, and I love being able to in, in involve the entire family and finding ways to involve the entire family as well. Uh, Brad, we have about a minute here, so really quickly, any current volunteer needs that our listeners might be inspired to check out right now? You know, there's there's two that I really kind of want to highlight because uh, you don't need to be an expert to do these things. Um, and as a matter of fact, they can definitely help you out uh, in, in your own personal skill building as well. One, with uh, Outagamie County Emergency Management, uh, they're looking for members of their CERT team, um, which is basically just a disaster response team. Now, they run a class for this, um, and you can sign up to take the class. You're not committing to be a volunteer um, they're just giving you the information, but you take the class, and if you like it, you can become a third team. If you don't, and it's not a great fit, that's okay, but you've also learned some good life skills as well. Um, and then Girls on the Run is looking for volunteers throughout the whole area. They're looking for coaches. Um, the cool thing about this is you don't have to be a runner. You've never had to run in your life. You don't have to know anything about runner uh, running to be a coach for Girls on the Run. So mm-hmm. these are great opportunities to, to look into um, if you have some time available to, to give back. Perfect. All right. Well, we will make sure to link those up on your website, volunteerfoxcities.org, correct? Absolutely. All yes. right. Brad, thank you so much for taking a few minutes to talk with us today. We will check in with you folks in, in two weeks. <laughs> Sounds good, Haley. Really appreciate talking to you. Thanks, Brad. Brad Creighton, Community Engagement and Events with Volunteer Fox Cities. And that does it for our number one of the show. We'll be back with the Bulk Price Food Shop next on WHBY. For our number two of Focus Fox Valley, I'm Haley Tenpass, broadcasting from the Myron Construction Studios here at WHBY. And let's jump right into things because we are bringing our friend Brenda Hungerford back, the owner of the Bulk Price Food Shop in Greenville. And we're all about ice cream today as July is actually National Ice Cream Month. And well, I'll filter in some uh, fun facts about ice cream as we talk. But Brenda is here and we've got some recipes to share with you. Good afternoon, Brenda. Welcome back to the show. Oh, hello, Brenda. Are you there? Hello. Oh, I'm here. Hi, Brenda. How are you today? Hi, I'm good. I'm good. Good. Yeah. And congratulations. Did I just see that the Bulk Price Food Shop just celebrated 17 years in July? Correct. 17 years in business on July 1st. Wow. Congratulations, Brenda. That's fantastic. Yeah, 
thank you so much. It's exciting. It is exciting. Well, we have some exciting ice cream to get to today. And uh, man, you, you brought this topic and I thought, Absolutely. So perfect. July happens to be National Ice Cream Month. Uh, Americans consume about 23 gallons of ice cream each year on average. Wow. Uh, We really do like that ice cream. But we're all about toppings today, too, because the Bulk Price Food Shop is really a great spot to, to load up on any topping you can imagine. Oh, for sure. Um, everything from any kind, flavor and size of baking chip to over 250 different kinds of sprinkles. Um, so, yeah, whatever shape, flavor, or um, colors you're looking for, um, we pretty much will have them. I love that. I know, I, I know I've told you this before. My daughter calls your store the Sprinkles store. So <laughs> we, uh, yes. we always hit that up. Uh, but you, you have something also in store, Brenda, that you really can't get many places. And I know that it really flies off the shelves. Uh, and it's that crunch coat topping, right? Exactly. So if you go to your favorite um, soft serve ice cream stand and you get a crunch cone, um, we have just that crunch cone topping that's got little sprinkles in it. It's our biggest seller, um, June, July, and August. Um, So we sell it in one pound bags. Otherwise, you can get it in about half pound containers. And again, you're really not going to find it anywhere else. Um, I do supply Woodman stores with it, um, but actually you've got to come out here and see us to pick it up. Right. And I mean, that stuff is so good. You could almost just put it in a bowl with milk and eat it as cereal for breakfast. (laughs) That is true. (laughs) (laughs) Not super healthy, but really delicious, really delicious. Well, if you have a question for Brenda today, our phone lines are open to eight one eleven fifty is the number. And Brenda, you've got some recipes to share and I want to make sure we get to those. So let's start with, uh, you have an easy no churn homemade ice cream recipe uh, with very few ingredients that I'm, I was really impressed to read. And I, I, I think I need to try this. Yes, absolutely. It's called uh, easy no churn homemade ice cream. And all you really need to do to make your own homemade ice cream is you need three ingredients. Uh, One is uh, you're going to need two cups of heavy whipping cream. The second thing you're going to need is a 14-ounce can of sweetened condensed milk. And the third thing is one teaspoon of vanilla extract. That's all you're going to need to make homemade ice cream. I love it. I'm intrigued. (laughs) Yeah, so in a large bowl, you can use either a hand mixer or a stand mixer. You're going to whip the cream until you have stiff peaks. And again, that, you just test that by pulling your beaters out of the cream, and, and it's super um, peaky on the end. So you can tell if you've got stiff peaks and you don't want to overbeat it. In another bowl, you're going to whisk um, the vanilla one teaspoon with the 14 ounces of sweetened condensed milk. Um, and then you're just going to gently fold in the whipped cream with a spatula, slowly incorporating those two mixtures together so it stays light and aerated. Now, I'm going to tell you at this point, um, or or, um, with the sweetened condensed milk, if you want to make chocolate ice cream, you're just going to add one half cup of unsweetened cocoa powder to your sweetened condensed milk and your vanilla. You're going to whisk that together before you fold in the whipped cream. Now, at this point, you've got it all folded together. Um, So if the kids, everyone loves their own flavors, just put a little bit of it in individual bowls and let those kids put in, you know, marshmallows and chocolate chunks and graham crackers if they like s'mores or if you're making turtle. Throw some caramel sauce, pecans, and chocolate chunks. 
uh, let everybody make their own kind, and then you just cover that and freeze it for four to six hours, and everyone's got, voila, their favorite ice cream all made. Brenda, this is such a fun idea. We're we're heading up north this weekend, and I said I was going to do a craft for the kids. I've changed my mind. We're making ice cream. How fun. (laughs) Isn't that fun? But actually, I haven't even, now I know funner is not a word, but a more fun <laughs> recipe whenever you're ready for it. It's called ice cream in a bag. Yeah, I, I, I am so eager for this one to do because it brought back a memory for me, Brenda, of, of making ice cream in an old coffee can, I think, in Girl Scouts growing up. We have to take a break, okay. but we'll come back. We're going to come back and we're going to talk about that delicious ice cream in a bag recipe when we come back with more with Brenda from the Bulk Price Food Shop right after this. <laughs> We are back. We're talking ice cream today, ice cream toppings, all things ice cream with Brenda Hungerford, owner of the Bulk Price Food Shop in Greenville. You'll find them at W6482 Greenville Drive. And here's another ice cream fact for you, Brenda. Uh, in 2017, about 1.4 billion gallons of ice cream and related frozen desserts were produced in the United States. So Wow, that is crazy. <laughs> yes, yes. And when you think about Americans consuming 23 gallons a year, I guess that does add up. <laughs> it does. It does. I know I've got people in my family that pretty much have ice cream at least five times a week. <laughs> Can't blame them. Can't say I blame them. All right, we're, we're, we're keeping it rolling, though, with some great recipes. We just learned about an easy no-churn homemade ice cream, but you also have an ice cream in a bag recipe, Brenda. And I said this before the break, but I'm reminded with this recipe of some type of uh, recipe involving a, a tin can of coffee, uh, and we would roll the ice cream on the floor to get it all churned. But this seems like a more modern take <laughs> on this. Yeah, and, and you know, actually, this is a great thing because um, great for kids because they can play with it. Shake the bag. They can play catch with it. Um, what you're really going to need is two Ziploc bags. Uh, one is going to be a sandwich bag size, and the other is going to be a gallon Ziploc. So in the sandwich bag, you are going to put one cup of half and half, two tablespoons of sugar, and a half a teaspoon of pure vanilla extract. And you're going to push out all the air, and you're going to zip it shut. Then in the gallon-sized bag, you're going to put three cups of ice and one-third cup of kosher salt. Then you're going to place your small sandwich bag inside the bigger bag, Zip the big one shut and literally shake it, throw it around, play catch with it, just mix it all up for 7 to 10 minutes. Great thing for the kids. They can all just shake their bags and throw it around, um, and the ice cream will harden. So then all you do is remove your small sandwich bag out, um, put your toppings right in the bag and eat it right out of that bag or scoop it into a dish, put the toppings on and enjoy. So fun, Brenda. This would be a perfect camping dessert, I would think, you know, because you always have ice on hand when you're camping. Um, And a good science lesson, too, maybe an opportunity to teach, you know, the science of things. Yes, for sure. Wow, I love that. And, of course, the toppings you've got covered, uh, just dozens and dozens of toppings at the Bulk Price Food Shop, including that crunch coat you were talking about earlier. Um, Or you have another idea for a recipe here, and this is another favorite that I have not had in years, Brenda, Uh, that magic shell that you'd put on your ice cream. You've got a recipe for this. 
I do. It's homemade magic shell. You need two ingredients. You're going to need six ounces of semi-sweet chocolate chips and eight tablespoons of coconut oil. So you're going to microwave your chocolate and your oil in a two-cup measuring cup um, or a small bowl at 50% power, um, stirring every 30 seconds um, in your microwave. And then you just allow it to cool at room temperature, and it will not harden. It'll just stay liquid. What I like to do is pour it in like a squeezable, like, you know, those ketchup bottles that, that you can squeeze. Oh, yeah. I like to, I have a clear one of those. I put it in there. You just let it sit on your countertop. It is good for up to six months. And that's homemade magic shell. You put that on your cold ice cream, and it turns hard and turns into a shell. Oh, yum. Could you do this with butterscotch chips or maybe dark chocolate or something, Brenda? Yes. Yes, you should be able to do that with either of those. Oh, and you always have some fun flavors of chips in, in, the, in the store, too. Yes. You know, we've got the cherry. We've got lemon. We've got cinnamon. Um, diff- different flavors like that. So um, kind of like your Dilly Bar, if you like that, yeah. that cherry flavored, you just do it here with, uh, with the cherry chips. I was going to say, you could do a homemade Dilly Bar. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yes. That's trouble. (laughs) It's trouble, but it's good. It's so good. My goodness. Wow. Okay. So you've really got us covered for, for the month of July and for all things ice cream. Yes, for sure. One other real quick tip. If you like chocolate chunks, like when you buy, when you get ice cream and you got those thin little pieces, Mm -hmm. just melt a little um, semi-sweet chocolate chips, spread it on wax paper or on parchment paper, really thin, Pop it in the freezer and let it freeze, and then just chop it up with a knife, and that's how you get those really thin chocolate chunks. Oh, my goodness. My stomach is rumbling. Um, but <laughs> I think, you know, we've got birthdays coming up in July in our family, and an ice cream bar is always a really fun uh, way to celebrate birthdays, and everyone can pick what they want. And you've got nuts and toppings and, and fruits and dried fruits. Everything is covered uh, at the bulk. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Another big seller is called a rainbow candy-coated chip. They're like itty-bitty tiny chocolate chips that are coated in all different bright colors. Makes a great ice cream topping as well. Oh, I love it. Well, Brenda, tell us your hours and how we can learn more about what you've got in store. How can we follow you, catch up on all things Bulk Price Food Shop? Okay, well, you can find us on Facebook. Um, Otherwise, um, we are located in Greenville on State Highway 15. We are just west of County CB. We're open Monday through Friday, 9 to 6, and Saturdays, 9 to 5. You can check out our website at bulkpricedfoodshop.com or give us a call at the store uh, with any questions at 757-9905. Excellent. And congratulations again, Brenda, on celebrating 17 years on July 1st. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, here's to 17 more and many more. (laughs) Thank you. All right, Brenda, you have a wonderful rest of your week, and we'll talk with you next month. Okay, sounds great. Thanks so much. Thanks, Brenda. Brenda Hungerford, owner of the Bulk Price Food Shop in Greenville. Yeah, just off Highway 15, and uh, I cannot wait to stock up on some um, on some toppings for, for all of our ice cream needs this this summer. It's so fun. All right. Uh, and if you are looking for those recipes, those recipes that Brenda mentioned, the easy no-churn homemade ice cream, the ice cream in a bag, and the homemade magic shell, we will have those posted over at whby.com. Or you can find them in store. There's a little corner of the store uh, where you can find these recipes. Just kind of look for my face. My mother-in-law shared that she did see my face <laughs> at the store last week. Week. So uh, if you're looking for the recipes, you can head there. 
All right, 1232, and we have the Brewers coming up in just a few moments. A doubleheader coming up here on WHBY. Tomorrow, the Appleton Public Library joins us. No more late fees and the return of in-person programs and the Community Foundation's Nelson Fund awarding more than $2.79 million to 25 area nonprofit organizations. We'll fill you in. That's all ahead on your Thursday. Have a lovely day. When I wake up in the morning, love sunlight hurts my eye. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with Midi Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at Midi understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And Midi can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's join M-I-D-I dot com.